Shabbat Shalom. This week we end the book of Genesis with Parashah Vayachi, which translates to, and he lived. It takes us from Genesis 47.28 to 50.26 and finishes the book of Genesis. This Parashah contains the final messianic prophecy of Genesis, as well as a powerful reminder that the Lord is always in control. Now our parasha begins as uh, Rabbi Glenn read with Jacob making Joseph swear an oath that when he passes away, he would be buried with his family in the promised land, not Egypt. Genesis 48 relates the blessings of Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, by Jacob who gave these blessings at the end of his life. Jacob gives Reuben's blessing as firstborn his double portion of inheritance to Joseph. But he does this through Joseph's sons. Reuben had lost this blessing due to sexual sins. Now, Joseph also brings his sons to Jacob, and he positions them so the older son, Manasseh, would be blessed by Jacob's right hand, which is traditional for the firstborn. And Ephraim the younger to be blessed by his left hand. But instead of blessing him that way, Jacob crosses his arms over so that his right hand is now on Ephraim, not Manasseh. Now, Joseph thought his father was making a mistake. He's 147 years old. And he tries to move his right arm. But Jacob knew who the older son was. He might be old, but he knows what's going on. And while... Both would be a great people. The younger son of Ephraim was chosen by Adonai to be greater than his brother. You know, what's interesting about this, this is a little side note, right? We go back to the early life of Jacob, right? He has to steal the blessing, he feels, from his father. And so people wonder, well, you know, if Jacob hadn't done that, what might have happened? How would Jacob have gotten the blessing from, uh, you know, that he was entitled to from Adonai? It might have happened literally something like this. When he went to bless these two, God would have supernaturally intervened to tell um, Isaac who he was to bless. So here we see a restoration in the family taking place here. Now in chapter 50, Jacob gathers his sons to give each the blessing that was appropriate for them. Reuben was denied the blessing of the firstborn because of sexual sins. He had a relationship with the same woman his father had been with. For Levi and Simon, we read that neither received the blessing of the firstborn or headship over their brothers because of their angry and violent ways. Jacob then pronounces the next blessing over the next oldest son, which would have been Judah. He is called a young lion and told that his brothers would bow down to him. Verse 10 contains Jacob's prophecy that the kings of Israel would come from Judah, as well as the king of kings, the Messiah. It says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Now, some translations play some games here. This is the correct way to read this passage. And to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. This term Shiloh refers to the promised Messiah. Now, while this translation has been argued over the centuries, both Christian and Talmudic sources agree with this interpretation. 
Some claim this refers to the city of Shiloh. However, this argument is severely weakened because of Shiloh being in Ephraim, not Judah. Jacob finishes blessing his sons and instructs them to bury him in the promised land with his fathers, and then he passes away. Chapter 50 records the embalming and mourning for Jacob. Jacob was so greatly loved and respected by the Egyptians that they mourned his death for 70 days, which is a very high honor. Then a huge procession of Egyptians, along with Joseph and his brothers, went out to bury Jacob together. After the burial of Jacob, Joseph's brothers became scared that now Joseph would seek revenge. His father had passed away. Now Joseph was going to turn on his brothers, they were afraid. Verses 19 and 20 in chapter 50 are his response to his brother's fears. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, there's certain passages in scripture we should all be familiar with. This is one of them. Their fears show that they still did not believe that Joseph had forgiven them. Joseph's brothers did not understand that they were forgiven for their sins against him because he understood that through all the terrible situations in his life, the Lord had always been with him and used these situations to accomplish his good purposes. Even when things seem hopeless to us, when we cannot see a way out and past our current sufferings, we need to remember that the Lord is always in control. We see this throughout the life of Joseph. And there is a powerful comfort and peace knowing this truth. We know how the story ends. That no matter the plans of other people or the plans of the adversary, God can use these plans to accomplish his will. He can turn evil into good. Joseph's ability to forgive his brothers and see his life through the eyes of God shows that he had truly made peace with the difficulties of his life. That's real healing. The book of Genesis ends with the death of Joseph at the age of 110. His final words recorded in verses 24 and 25 proclaim his unwavering faith and hope in the promises the Lord made to him. Consider these words. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. See, Joseph knew that the Lord kept his word always, that his hope was not unfounded. He demonstrated once again extraordinary faith in Adonai. Later in the Torah, we will read that when Moses left Egypt with our people, they took the bones of Joseph with them, just as he instructed. 
Joseph's faith was not misplaced, and he was eventually buried with his fathers in the promised land. With the death of Joseph, we have reached the end of the book of Genesis, the book of the Torah that lays the foundation for everything that comes after. Looking back, we can see despite many plans for evil, God turned situations on their head and accomplished his good, especially his plans for the Messiah, which are woven throughout this book from the very beginning to end. Parashah Vayahi and the entire book of Genesis reminds us that no matter how dark our lives may get, the Lord is always on his throne. We see throughout the life of Joseph and the whole of Genesis, the Lord's good hand steering humanity. He is a Lord that does not sit on the sidelines, but cares deeply for his creation. He cares about you and about me. You know, as I look back on my own life, I can clearly see the Lord's hand on it, even if at the time situations were confusing or difficult. The Lord's faithfulness is a theme we will see woven not just through Genesis, but the entirety of God's word and fulfilled in the coming of our wonderful Messiah. God surely comes to our aid just as he did our ancestors. It is my prayer this morning that each of us would have the same hope of Jacob and Joseph. May each of us trust in Adonai through the seasons of our lives. May each one of us realize God's good plans for our lives and experience the ultimate forgiveness that only comes through Messiah Yeshua. Thank you.